You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? brother-in-law Monte Ball. Thank you for tapping in. How you doing, big fella? Good, man. Come on now. Super Bowl Sunday. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Oh, I'm doing I forgot well. it was the Super Bowl today. Super Bowl today. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, you know, as always, we got some serious stuff to talk about here on, on you know, our flagship <laughs> flagship podcast. What's up with you, man? How you doing? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Um, a lot of people hitting us up on Twitter talking about uh, their sobriety journeys, which has been amazing. Like that just every single time I see it and every single time I respond and people are excited and surprised that we respond. But uh, it just it makes me really happy. It gets me going for yeah. like an hour. It's a, it's a really awesome feeling. And like we are serious when we say we're trying to build a community, trying to be positive, accept everybody. You know, we want to have a space where you can grow because we've all made mistakes. That's why we're sober, right? Mm-hmm. We're not sober because we were amazing people. Like we're sober because of mistakes that were made. So it's okay. It's time to grow. Time to be better than we were yesterday. And uh, just keep on moving one step at a time, right? One yeah, one foot in front of the other. Yeah, let's let's talk about that real quick, man. Uh we we're fortunate. We're we're grateful. We're grateful because we're so fortunate from the engagement we've been receiving on Twitter. Um, it's exciting, exciting times, and just like what RJ stated, um, we we yeah we we mean it. You know, reach out to us if you're if you're struggling. Reach out to us if you're celebrating. Um, you know, a mile marker for you that being in your sobriety journey. Um, reach out to us if you have a family member of yours, a loved one, friend, etc maybe struggling and if you need some advice on on how to approach them because obviously rj and i have been through that where we've had a family member approach us about our drinking habits so we we get it we understand what approach um one should have the the um to the individual who's struggling so i mean it's we we uh we are we're here to help out. That's just really what it is. I mean, it's it's not rocket science here. It's we're here just to help. Um, we're grateful. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you. Yeah, and one really cool thing about this too is we're hoping to have some guests. One of them sparked from last week's episode talking about uh, re- reformation from the government, like uh, prison reform. Um, more talk about sobriety, make it more better communities so that would be really cool yeah and and then possibly having another person who just started their sobriety journey last year and uh talk about how difficult that was as well so um we're hoping to be able to do that we'll keep you informed uh you know follow us on twitter at untapped keg for more join the discord we'll be talking about it uh look us up on youtube as well so untapped keg everywhere you can find us but Let's get let's get into it. We got we got a serious topic. We got a couple serious topics followed by some fun because Mont's got into some Rainbow Six. 
And uh, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about that. But let's start. Let's start with the serious topic. What you got, Mons? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you guys, uh, you know, it's not just happening here in the state of Wisconsin. Um, obviously, it's happening elsewhere. But uh, since you know, I'm stationed here in Wisconsin. I work here in Wisconsin within the recovery community. Um, obviously, it's, it's what I currently know. Um, so the conversation that uh, I want to kind of chat about here um, is doctors and what they're prescribing um, to those who are, um, you know, battling with a substance use disorder. That being, for those who may not be familiar with Suboxone, so Suboxone in a nutshell. What it is, it's prescribed to individuals who may be struggling with opioids. Uh, it, it's, it's and essentially what it is, it's kind of similar to methadone, where methadone is prescribed to those who are trying to get clean from meth. Uh, kind of like to view it, and some may disagree, but it's open discussion here is like harm reduction. So harm reduction is essentially, hey, we're not going to just let you go cold turkey. That's not going to be good for your system. That's not going to. That's not going to be great for you in the long run, that being maybe a month, two months, three months down the road, because you're going to be, you know, obviously um, in a bad position. You're going to be mentally in a, in a poor spot because that drug has that tight of a grip on your on your mind. So methadone is essentially the same, um, similar to Suboxone. So let me jump right into it. So our doctors, from the data that we're seeing, our doctors are prescribing individuals who are stepping into these offices, Suboxone, in acting completely oblivious to the fact that some of the individuals coming in are just checking the right boxes, saying the right things just to get the Suboxone because these doctors are prescribing 24 pills or doses or whatever of the Suboxone when all you need is really 12. All you need is 12. So some individuals are taking the 24, obviously using the 12, but selling the other 12 for money to then completely, obviously, to um, fund, support their habit. And doctors aren't realizing this. Doctors are acting completely oblivious to this. Why? Because of kickbacks. Because of kickbacks for doctors, checks, etc., benefits, bonuses, um, all the above. And so that is the, that's the battle that we're facing right now is as I stated, maybe in our last pod episode, maybe an episode before, where it's the Department of Justice here in Wisconsin, it's, it, there's a significant, uh, significantly lack in education in the addiction realm. That is another conversation. And then here's this conversation about healthcare. Healthcare. Doctors are acting like, no, there's no way. There's no way someone who's struggling with a substance use disorder is lying to us and acting like they're trying to get better. Um, there's no way that they're doing that. There's no way that they're selling the pills to get money to support their habit and then coming back in to get 12 free pills or what have you, um, or 24 and selling 12 of them. And we're trying to tell them that is exactly, that is exactly what's happening. That is exactly what's happening. So there needs to be this educational push within our doctors, like stop acting so oblivious to this fact and stop being so. What word am I trying to use here? Greedy. Stop being so greedy. Stop being so. Stop lacking. Stop. Don't. Unethical. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you. Early. It's early for me. It's right. Early. It's early for both of us. So. But <laughs> thank you. Yes. Being so unethical. Um, and I won't get so long with it here on that because I would love for you to chime in, RJ. But 
that's what's happening, man. That's what's happening. And many individuals are instead of <clears throat> instead of them prescribing the right amount, following up with them, making sure that they're taking it right, making sure that they're receiving the proper recovery treatment that they're supposed to be. They're not. So what it is, it's they're adding just literally adding fuel to the flames. And it's not helping. It's not helping our fight at all. So I'm really trying to push this education into into the healthcare system like you guys we need to stop i'm not a fan of it i'm gonna say it i'm not a fan of suboxone i'm not um i think they're i think the doctors are over prescribing it and obviously those who are suffering from a substance use disorder are abusing it i'm not a fan of it not a fan of it at all so something needs to change something needs to change yeah you know i think this Honestly, it goes back to the culture we've been talking about in Wisconsin and the stigma that follows sobriety. Mm. So <clears throat> when you're, when you decide to go sober, like that's a, you're already coming to a decision that, you know, you yourself can't handle a substance that a lot of your friends and family can, right? Like you have, a, I don't want to say a problem, but an, an issue just, yeah you've come to terms with it when you decide you're going to go sober like this. This is something I'm going to accept about myself. This is a weakness that I have. Um, I don't know. I don't know where it happened and maybe it's always been there and I've just been oblivious to it. But the fact that we as men, especially, but honestly as people can't accept that we have weaknesses it's it's not good for our, our mental health. It's not good for our culture. It's not good for what we teach our children. Um, it's okay to have weaknesses. It's okay not to be perfect. It's okay to admit that you're not right. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means you're not right. And that's okay. You don't always have to be right. But when it comes to like sobriety and everyone around it, Right. And this goes to everything. It goes to like people you work with, people you meet, like at restaurants, everywhere else. A, everyone always assumes everyone drinks, which is fine because, you know, 80%, 90% people do drink. But B, when you tell people you're sober, like they they give you a look like there's something wrong with you. Like, Mm. and then. So now you're taking that to another step with like a doctor and they don't want to admit that something maybe they're prescribing is causing an addiction, is causing a a problem, is causing issues. Um, Because then they would admit that uh, there might be a weakness there. They might admit that they weren't right. They might have to admit they weren't right about prescribing this, right? So... Yeah. It just goes to the stigma some more. And I, I'm talking about Wisconsin because that's what we're in. That's what I've grown up with. That's where we live now. It's what I deal with every day. But I'm sure I can guarantee it's throughout the entire United States. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's throughout the world. Um, our healthcare system does not help us. I mean, I just got some new insurance and my medications go to deductibles. So I used to pay $40 for a medication. I go to get in, get it, no big deal, $400. I instantly go, how much do I really need this? 
<laughs> How much do I really need this? Do, is this something that I have to have to survive? Or is this something that I just want? And um, that's not okay. It's not okay to think about your health that way. Your mental health is just as important as your physical health, right? It's just Absolutely. as important. And we're starting to come to terms with that. That's something that we focus on here at Untapped Keg is being right in the mind as well as being right in the body. So, yeah. um, you know, it's just having the holistic approach is so, it encompasses everything, right? It's just, and that includes society and how society looks at us. Um, anytime somebody goes to rehab, you automatically hear the, oh man, I can't believe it's that bad. Or, oh man, you know, that poor person. Or, oh man, what a POS, right? Like, but they're going to better themselves, whether it's voluntary or involuntarily. Like, exactly. they're going to get better, to get healed. Yeah. And every single time there's a negative connotation when it comes to rehab. Yeah, and that's, that's I'm glad you mentioned that because that's, that's the other topic as well. So when I mentioned about the doctors and stuff, and essentially we're talking about the entire healthcare system where obviously if you're rich, you receive the best medicine. If you're poor, you might as well not even step foot in the office. That's the problem with America. Um, and then obviously we talk about, it's like I stated the Suboxone, where our doctors should not be getting kickbacks for prescribing stuff like that, because essentially what's happening is we're burning on both ends of the wick. Both ends are burning. That is literally what's happening. Individuals who are using opioids burning. And then you go to the doctor, they give you essentially an opioid <laughs> burning. Um, it's, it's, it's not helping, you know, the organization that I work for and other organizations are trying to combat the data that we're seeing. We're obviously trying to make it better. And, you know, what do we say to an individual like, okay, hey, go to your doctor and, and, and try to receive help. That should be the conversation, but we're like, what the heck is the doctor going to prescribe? You know, the doctor is the suboxone. They're going to overprescribe it, which how can you expect for someone who is at their lowest, their bottomless pit of rock bottom? How are you going to expect for them not to abuse a an opioid when you give them 24 of them when all they need is 12. So literally it's just not helping burning on both ends. And then RJ, you stated it as well. When we talk about um, this holistic approach, that is essentially the battle that we're going to have with these doctors is, you know, I'm a doctor. You can't teach me anything. I'm a doctor. We're just heavy pharma, heavy pharma, heavy pharma, heavy pharma. Kind of have to have a little bit of both. It almost feels like, you know, with methadone and suboxone that it should only be able to be prescribed by a psychiatrist because they are trained to deal with, you know, um, mental illness as well as physical illness, right? That's why they're psychiatrists. So they're doctors that have also been trained in psychology. Um, and when you're dealing with addiction, that's really what it is. I, I, it's not just the physical, you know, your physical health. It's what's going on up here. It's how you're, it's, but it's all, it also has to do with, you know, how you, how it makes you feel like you need it. Right. Absolutely. So uh, it's, it's the, it's the perfect, they go hand in hand. Your physical yeah. health, mental health is, if your mental health is, you know, significantly decreasing or rapidly decreasing, people know that movement Movement is the greatest medicine. Movement is the greatest medicine. People know that. Exercise, even if it's just walking, 
or even if it's just doing curls while you're sitting down or, you know, what have you, whatever your body is capable of doing, movement is the greatest medicine. So I love this conversation because that is literally what I believe in. That's what we believe in here at Untapped Gig is that holistic approach. Obviously, we, we obviously there is some good data, some great data with pharma. But I think it's going a little bit too heavy. We all understand why. This is America. Dollar bill. It's all about money. We need to pour a little bit of that holistic approach in there, too, because sometimes the pill is not the greatest thing that can help you. So. Look like you were making WAP there. You're just like pouring everything right in. Um, Alcohol alcohol free, of course. Um, This is something, too, that. You know, the that you guys are at a disadvantage because pharma has so much money. And it's honestly something you're trying to change at the uh, caregiver level. And it's almost something that really you wish you'd be able to change maybe at the legislative level or at least get some assistance there. But when pharma can pump so much money in, that's what they listen to more than what, you know, making everything better for everybody else. And that's just how it is. That's how it is. That's, <laughs> that's the truth of the matters. And especially right now in Wisconsin, it's very much the case. There's not much there. You, it's very obvious that um, the, the system is corrupt. The state's behind bodies equal Individuals struggling with a substance disorder, Big Pharma looks at that as a commodity. You're, you're, you're a dollar. You're, there's a value. To you're the you. ultimate consumer. Um, real quick, real quick. Um, I'm hearing a little. I'm hearing a little crackle with with your mic. I think once you speak, are you hearing that with mine? No. Okay, I hear it a little bit with yours. Is uh, knee brace on? No, Dan the man is on though. Hey, ask Dan the man if he's hearing that. Do you hear? Oh, well, cr- yeah. Do you hear a crackle, Dan the man? Well, we, well, we can keep going. Um, I think yeah. You, I mean, that's what it is. Uh, trying to trying to battle big pharma. I mean, big pharma. Big pharma has such a grip on our healthcare system to where if that's a monster, that's most definitely a monster that we're trying to combat. I mean, it's not it's not bad by the way, RJ. It's just it's just slight. Yeah, Dan said he can hear it. He says it's not terrible. Bit. So, I right. wonder what it is. I mean. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and try to figure it, figure it out. You take like a 10-second little pause. And I, I can just keep going. Keep, keep um, going. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's 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 a, an important initiative. Uh, obviously, it's been going on for the last decade or so. I mean, we all are familiar with law, the huge lawsuit that Big Pharma faced. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the... We all have read about that, uh, which is pretty, pretty new. It was all over the news. And, and that's what I'm just talking about when I talk about Suboxone, when I talk about these doctors over-prescribing Suboxone. Uh, I'm going to keep pushing that. They're giving them 24 doses when all they need is 12. Education, which is what we're doing here in Untapped Gig, is just allowing for people to, for people to understand. You know, look behind this curtain real quick. 
you know, look behind the smoke and mirrors. A body is a dollar. Doctors are getting kickbacks. It's very unfortunate for the individual who's going in there for help when they're viewed as there's a value to you, which is so unfortunate. But let's not act surprised. This is America. And we do that with black and brown bodies in the prison system. So it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, I get angered by it. I get very upset about it. Because that same individual who goes in for help, who gets over, over prescribed the medication, if they go out and sell those extra 12 doses, they can get caught. Not only did Big Pharma just make money off of them from the doctor for prescribing it, now the prison system's going to make money off because they got caught selling an opioid so that they can fund their addiction. That's the system, you guys. That is what we're seeing. That is what we're Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's... How about how about now? Yep, now it's going. Oh yeah, boy. what is your what's your mic on? What's your Can you can you hear it? You yeah, I can s- hear you. You can still hear the crackle? A little bit. Yeah. What is your what's your things on? It's on cardioid and mono. Okay. Huh. Dan says this sounds better. I don't. Yeah, so good. you you could hear me, but they couldn't hear me on the on the stream. So <laughs> it's all good. And then I think I just messed up the audio recording. So we'll see. But uh, it's all good. I mean, it's still a good conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just amazing how interconnected everything actually is. Like it all yeah. starts at that one level, and then it, it spreads through out society. Like we were talking last week about prison reform and getting um, help for people getting out who need sobriety counseling, who need medications uh, to survive, who need all, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. So um, that can all be boiled down to that doctor visit sometimes, right? So it's, yeah, the the fact that everything is so interconnected, once you like start to look at it, it's just, it's mind-blowing. It is, it, it, and it's sad, isn't it, man? Because, because not only, like I stated, Big Pharma's making money, the doctor's making money off of the individual suffering with the substance use disorder. When that's, that individual is given an excess amount of an opioid that they're essentially struggling with, and they get caught selling it, they're now being used in the prison system for free slave labor, essentially. And also, thrown on top of that, is the stigma. The stigma. Oh, you are a, which we do not use this word, but you are an addict. Oh, you are a junkie. Oh, you are a drughead, etc. All, you know, stigmatizing words that we do not use in the recovery world, but obviously people are still using that. So that's then, that's the cherry on top. And 95% 95% of the time, the individual doesn't even realize that they were just slid down a track that was designed for them to fail, all because of money. This is what we're talking about, guys. This is the push that we've been trying to 
do. And again, you know, I, I've, I've, I'm still learning. RJ still learning, of course, because we're trying to just obviously just grasp the entire concept, which is difficult. This battle has been going on since Big Pharma has had or has initially grabbed the entire healthcare system. And this opioid epidemic, it's so difficult to grasp the size of it because a lot of people suffer in silence, right? And it's not something we aren't privy to the numbers that are actually out there. Like, um, it's something that I even can't, don't fully grasp the full effect that this has had. The full, all encompassing, like, I mean, it's just devastated communities and it, it is an issue here in Wisconsin, but we don't hear about it very often. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's really sad, and I don't know why we don't hear about it. So I do know why, because yeah, <laughs> but you know why? I mean, and and that's the part that sucks, man. For people, is you, you you leave them. You're supposed to help them. An individual understands. Hey, when I go to the doctor's office, I'm supposed to get help. I'm supposed to get help. I'm supposed to be a judge, ju- judge, a judgment-free zone, or I can speak. Privately with a physician, what have you, about what I'm struggling with. No one's going to know what I'm speaking about outside of this office. And this is what I'm going to get help for. And I'm going to get help. But no, it's a, it's a system that has many holes in it, designed holes. Because when a body falls through that hole, everybody gets paid. That's unfortunate. And I get very pissed about it because. Many people don't even know about this, um, yet we're still hearing some of those stigmatizing words. So, so I'll let that go. Right now, I don't want to <laughs> eat up too much time about that because I can get very upset about that. Well, I I get it. I get it completely. Right, and it is very. I'm trying to think of the words. Right, it's just uh, yeah. infuriating. Yeah, that there's people who can help just don't want to. They want to bury their heads in the sand. They don't want to hear how they're possibly making it worse because like we talked about before, people have problems being not right. Right. And um, it's okay to not be right. I don't know. I don't know everything, right? I don't, I don't even know everything about my field. I don't know everything about simple right. job tasks because I've only done it once or twice, right? So <clears throat> you won't... You, you don't know what you don't know, and if you don't embrace that fact, you're going to be a stunted human being. You're going to you're going to have you're a very narrow bro. focus, mm. and <laughs> yep you you can be pleasant and people can like you, but um, when it comes down to it, uh, you're not as fulfilled as you could be. So it's a good way to put it, man. That's what it is. If if you're too proud you're too proud to admit that you don't know what you don't know, then you leave yourself with no room to grow because one individual is not the creator of all. One individual did not create Facebook. One individual did not create Amazon. One individual did not create Tesla. Microsoft, Microsoft, Apple. Apple. Exactly. The, 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 those are obviously the anomalies, those companies, but obviously we can even go on forever about, Smaller businesses, or the small, or the other ideas, etc. 
many people help to grow something. So as we always say, it takes a community raising a child. It takes a community, et cetera. And this is what we want to build here at Untapped Cake is a community to spread education, spread knowledge about this realm of addiction avenues to receive the proper care. And obviously our giant push to have it 50-50 pharma holistic approach as opposed to it being 90% pharma, 10% holistic approach. That's what kills me with doctors is you guys sit here and preach about movement is the greatest medicine. You sit here and preach about stretching, you know, obviously drinking, you know, a crap ton of water, et cetera, which is all holistic approaches to care. And then you sit around and prescribe, over-prescribe pills. So there's a little, there's a huge contradiction there that people don't even see. Um, so that's why, that's why I, I love what we're talking about here. Yeah, I really like that we can have tough conversations and talk about it and work through things, right? Yeah. So especially we look at we look at the world differently. It's just everybody looks at the world differently. And uh you know, reality is what you perceive it to be. So you need different points of view so that you can actually see what reality actually is. So mm-hmm. when you start to get the points of view that tell you your reality is such you're going to start to believe that that's a reality but it's that's never how it is not everything we we don't understand everything that's going on and we never can there's just too much information we can't handle it so everything appears as it is and that's (laughs) that's a good segue into uh you know a topic on your sobriety journey and a roadblock could be um, you know, giving some rent space in your head away for free. So mm-hmm. I know that this is something that I've struggled since I have been gone sober. It's something I've struggled with recently, giving people headspace and letting it fester. And you, you know, used to use having that medication, that self-medication, having that crutch, having, um, having the ability to just turn that off. Right. And uh, yeah. what are some methods that you use to help with that? Because I know I I don't I don't have very good answers, so I'm I'm excited to hear kind of what you do too. Yeah. So, so I guess essentially what you're what you're asking is you know you know when you hop on that recovery journey, you know what what are you, what is still living in your mind? Um, is, are you talking about you know from the past or currently or? Maybe past mistakes still eating away at you mentally. I would say uh, letting people get to you, right? Letting people, uh-huh. like, yes, it, it eats at you, like how you were in a situation, but then also how, um, I don't know. I just like, no, it's a great you, you let people get to you and you let people kind of turn you a little bit more toxic, right? Yeah, yeah it's a great topic. Yeah, so... For me, uh, it, it's 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 challenging, um, you know. Obviously, my past mistakes being being super public. Um, you know, I still see stuff like that on Twitter. Obviously, uh, people still make comments like, "Oh, I thought he's I thought he was in jail," or 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 woman beater stuff like that. Like, yeah, you know that that stuff that people still say. And and what I always share with people is, I don't expect for. I don't expect for everybody to forgive me. I don't expect for everybody to open up their door, open up their arms to me. Um, 
that's just not how this world works. Uh, so, but I'm not going to see her act like it took me, you know, an hour to get to this point where I'm at now mentally. No, it's tough, man. It's very difficult. Very, very, very difficult. And even on a smaller scale where it's just with family and friends, people may struggle with going back into their family, what have you, because of their past mistakes. So what do I currently do to stay on track? That is a really good question, man. That is a really good question. I think I think all- some of this stuff too we do without even realizing it. Right. Right. So trying to think how you go through your day to day. For me, I try to focus on my kids more. I try to uh make sure they're mm-hmm. happy, right? I I try and make sure just because maybe I'm letting somebody get to me and I'm letting my emotions like instead of starting at like a, a neutral or like a more positive i'm like negative right away like very quick to go from really happy to kind of an outburst of anger and like i have to focus with my kids it's not their fault that i'm frustrated i'm frustrated because i can't get this out of my mind this what these the way these people might be either a treating me or um stuff like that is that crackle still there is that crackle still there nope no just checking it right now it's it's you can barely hear um i think you nailed it man i mean when you talk about your kids you know when you when you when you those thoughts creep back into your mind and, and you realize like wow you know bear with me here guys when you realize in your mind, like there's a space in there that's still holding on to some negative energy, still holding on to negative energy. You realize that. And I think you, you nailed it when you, you, you say you just think about your kids. So for those who are listening, you know, obviously it's like what RG stated at the beginning, we got sober because we weren't, we weren't on the journey to try to be perfect. Perfect is obviously something you can never you know, achieve, but you can continuously strive for well, we were nowhere near <laughs> that road while we were using. So now we're at least on that road. And I guess what essentially what we're saying here is when you have those thoughts, when you feel that judgment, when you when you realize that you have compartmentalized that judgment from the others in your mind, you just have to figure out a way to completely eradicate it. And RJ stated that he does that by thinking about his children. I do that by thinking about my son. And essentially what that is, is why does anything else, why do others' opinions matter? They don't pay your bills. They don't know anything about you other than probably what they read or what they hear from other people. They have nothing, nothing to do with your life or your progress or your progress. So essentially you just got to focus on those who you care about and obviously yourself. You're doing it for yourself. That is it. That's it. And then I guess to throw a little nugget in there, what helps me out as well is I want to prove people wrong. That's just it. That's that's the cherry on top. <laughs> After all that, I want to shove it back in your face. You know, I want to make you eat those words that you possibly just tweeted or make you eat those words that you possibly just told somebody. That's the competitive side of me, of course. But that's what helps me wake up. Yeah, I think what also gets tough like for me is uh when it comes to 
people maybe you see every day or people, honestly, coworkers, right? Like I've never really in the field that I work in, it's very masculine. It's very, uh, macho, you know, I've not always, I've rarely have, I felt like I'm one of the guys, right? I just, in my field, I feel like I'm more of an anomaly because, um, I don't try to fix everything with physical, you know, I don't try to, I do have the anger. I think that pretty much everybody else has, right. The, that boiling point, like all of a sudden something's frustrating you, you get that extra angry strength and you get it right. Or, um, there's those other things, but then it's like, because I'm not one of the guys, like, uh, you know, I try to stay out of, conversations or um you know when i pipe up it's usually about stuff that i know about like i'm not making stuff up and sometimes that can come off as condescending too so um i don't mean to to be that way sometimes that's just how i come off but when um yeah it's it's not just in it's people that shouldn't have headspace, right? It shouldn't have space yeah. in your head. It shouldn't be taking it up. It shouldn't be frustrating you. Like as soon as you walk out, whatever it is, what it is. Having like that toxicity around though, that's just not good. It's not good to be in it. Turns you into somebody you're not. Um yeah. so not having that that crutch, that liquid, you know, forget, right? That uh that I used to have it. I think that that's part of the reason that uh, I do dive so deep into stories. Try to that's taking up that space in my head. Then trying to forget about that stuff, or try to think of ways like you know, just trying to think: Am I a good person? Am I am I hard to work with? Is that is that what it is? It it might be. I don't know why. I don't know how I can change it. Um, it's just- self-diagnostic check yeah you just constantly doing that which is nothing wrong with that at all that's the beauty about the journey it's a tool that you've learned is to think about how your words are being received or how they're coming out how are you approaching situations are you rubbing people the wrong way um that's what i love about the recovery community um and i, I apologize for cutting you off man that's all right um, i was kind of spinning know, my wheels there oh, you're good you're good so I guess to give somebody right now, because we just kind of shot a lot out right there, the best advice I can give somebody right now who's listening who may feel like they have that space in their head that they just can't eradicate and that space being just judgment from those who you wish that weren't judging you, um, fill it with family members who aren't judge, judging you, and tap into your recovery community where you're at. I love the recovery community because it is completely judgment-free. should be. The ones that I've been involved in are because people don't care about your past. You do not care about what you did yesterday. People care about today in the recovery community. They're grateful that you showed up and they're looking forward to your future. So try to figure out how you can tap into that recovery community and then fill that space with that. That's what I did. That's what RJ did. I think that's part of why I wanted to create this. I wanted to make that community, right? I wanted... I wanted to be surrounded by like-minded individuals. I didn't want to be an outlier anymore. Like, uh, the most fun that I had, I've had at work is with other people who are outliers. Um, yeah, 
It's just, it, it's hard when you feel like an outsider, no matter what. And sometimes you do that to yourself that you, you feel like an outsider because you're an introvert. You feel like an outsider because you're sober. You feel like an outsider because, um, things that people have said, or sometimes you just, you're a people pleaser. You want everybody to be happy. You want everybody to smile, right? That's not always going to be the case. You're not always going to please everybody. And that's difficult for me to deal with too, because that's, that's what I like. I like to get everybody involved, right? Um, that was that, that I that like to be a part of the team. That was the downfall to the substance use disorder using, and then wanting to share that, <laughs> share the alcohol, with everybody. Yeah. Um, that's our personality. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, that can be really tough. It can be absolutely tough, but right. reach out even, even though, you know, it might be, it may not be in person right now, electronically, you can still create those feelings of togetherness, the feelings of belonging. And then another thing to think about too is uh, therapy, right? Like uh, when I was at my worst, um, that really, I've, I had to seek out therapy to save my marriage, save my being a father, to save who I was as a person. Like, I was on such autopilot. I I was at such a point where I couldn't think about anything because if I thought about anything, it was somebody who was living up here rent free. And uh, that really going to therapy and just talking it out, that's what really helped me to spin it back. And it's not, I'm not to that level yet, but I can feel myself building up to that level. So talking <laughs> about it uh, with you, Mons, and with everybody else, like that allows me to spin it back a little bit. So you got to, uh, you got to triple that rent. That's right. Evict- that's right. To, evic- to a victim, get them out, <laughs> get them out, get them out. Uh, call the sheriff department, get them out. Um, Cause I guess, I guess a perfect way to end this conversation, this topic is if they're not, they're those who are judging you the way that they're judging you. If obviously, if it's not an individual who is helping you, they're not helping, you know, those who are judging you who aren't helping you. You know what I'm saying? Don't let them, don't let them in. Don't let them in your space. Don't, don't allow that juju in your life. Um, and it's easier said than done, of course, but they're not paying your rent. They're not paying your car note. They're not progressing your life in any fashion. So don't allow for them to grab hold of your progression or to halt it or to stand in its way. F them. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's probably what I struggle with the most since um since I've gone sober is that because I do have a tendency to just live up here and think about dumb stuff, things I've said to my wife, things I've said to my kids out of frustration. I I had really bad anger issues growing up like in high school like there's still stories about the times that rj uh kicked everybody out of his house once because he got mad uh (laughs) that we were having a team meeting in basketball and a guy got really upset and i basically shut everybody up and i think i made one kid pee his pants because i got so mad slammed my fist on the table like uh there there were some epic blow-ups like every once in a while it would that was 
when when was my last one? That one was senior year. So like my senior year is kind of when I found my Zen place mostly. But uh, it took. Um, I'm trying to think what it took. You know what? I don't even know what it took. It was just. I think I realized how immature I was being. It was just part of growing up. But I still have a tendency when I get frustrated to revert back to that. And I really don't, I do not like when my anger comes out. And that's, sometimes it's when I'm stuck up here and I can't get out and I can't enjoy the surroundings. Um, I'm lucky, I'm lucky enough to have two kids that Mm -hmm. are incredible and they'll just come up and say, uh, you know, Hey daddy. Or I walk in and he yells daddy and runs up and gives me a hug. Like bring, brings me back to center, but you just got to find what centers you. It doesn't necessarily have to be kids. And when I made this decision, it was not for my partner. It was not for my parents. It was not for Mm -hmm. my siblings. It was not for my friends. I made this decision for myself. And that was when it took hold. That's when I decided I have a weakness I need to turn it into a strength. How do I do that? Yep. That's yeah. just by not imbibing, by not. I love, like, I know we talked about this maybe last time or a couple times ago. I love the taste of alcohol. I still, I miss it. I go through times where I miss it bad, especially really good micro beer. Like, man, I was totally into scotch ale. I, that's how I looked when I used to drink two months right there. Um, <laughs> some water the great thing I used to have a beard so I'd catch some of that uh, shots that would go down and then I'd put the hair in my mouth to make sure I got it all right wow. like, <laughs> that literally happened more than once drinking um, yeah that's it's just it's a, it's a decision you have to make for yourself and yeah. allow yourself to grow right like that's that's the biggest thing, and I know we harp on that, and I know it sounds like it's, uh, you know, Zen, like uh, yoga, like uh, I'm trying to think super, of the words, right? Super cle- like a- cliche, corny, yeah. But it mm-hmm. it's true. Like I want to be a better person. I want to be a well rounded person. I don't want to define myself by one thing. I don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, I want to have hobbies, which I do have that I get to talk to everybody about. That I hope that they can share theirs with me. Right. Um, and I don't want to dismiss anybody. I think that's the other thing like that. I sometimes can kind of struggle with is dismissing people's opinions and thoughts. No, man, that's what I'm talking about. And that's, it's that holistic approach. That's just what it is. That self-diagnostic check monthly, weekly, daily, uh, tool that both of us learned throughout therapy which is that self-reflection. Use it. Use it as a tool. And just like you stated, RJ, how can I use how can I use this as a tool? The greatest way to use it as a tool is to continuously talk about it and help others. Period. That's just it. That's just it. Because there are others out there who are suffering in silence. Absolutely. Who are lower in their rock bottom than we were. So it's all about just reaching down and grabbing somebody else um, and bringing them up to the recovery community. So that is a great conversation. We are stronger together. Indeed we are. Indeed we are. Now let's go ahead and get into some, let's go ahead and get into some. You want to go? Six? What's that? Let's go. 
So, okay, let's let's start here. You've you got a gaming computer. Indeed, I do. You love you yeah. love what it does. Yeah, like the games that you've been playing with your friends. Like you really enjoy Discord. Yeah. What do you want me to get into? Just get into that. Ta- talk get- talk about your Mordhau experience. Talk about like your Discord. Oh, yeah. Talk Just about your new computer. Yeah. Um. You know, steadily, steadily evolving. Um. Steadily evolving, and uh, it, it's it's. You know, obviously, we understand what Discord is. Uh, for those who may not, Discord is just a platform where you can just create your own communities. Kind of like Reddit. Uh, you can have your own channels, your own topics in each channel. Say where you want to talk about video games. Boom, you can chat under the untapped pig. You can hop into our video game channel, which we'll get to creating that stuff. But uh, we're going to be creating some awesome channels there. I got my new PC, my desktop. Awesome for, obviously, PC games. Cetera, awesome for editing, all that jazz. Just exciting, man. Just constantly evolving as an individual. Constantly evolving. RJ, us and I, you and I as a family, and then constantly evolving our platform here at Untapped Cake. So it's been awesome, man. And obviously, been playing a lot of Mordhau, M O R D H A U, medieval style game. It's just awesome. It's like, it's like a group battle thing like uh, have you okay. ever heard of for honor right like that's what it is like you you have pc and other players that run around is that right and then you yeah, just man. basically battle to the death with like swords and axes and stuff it's brutal just, it's 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 a very very fun game and it's it's very hard to learn it's it to this to to date it's one of the most difficult games that i've played the learning curve is so hard to where I, this is the first time that I've ever YouTubed how to play a game. Um, I had to YouTube Mordhau weapon mechanics just to understand the timing of when to swing, when to parry, when to fake parry, and then swing again, or when to, oh my God, it's so hard, man, when to duck under people's swings. And then that's just what I tried to learn when I'm 1v1 dueling. Then you go into those big battles, you got to be quicker because you got, you're fighting him and his teammates behind you. <laughs> you got to parry here and dodge a swing right here and then swing and then parry again. And then all of a sudden an arrow will hit you in the head and, and, and you're dead. Very fun game. I recommend it if anyone has out there has a PC and wants to kind of just jump to something new. It's awesome. Medieval style, cutting heads off, cutting arms off, cutting legs off. I told you it's brutal. It is. It's brutal. It's very you graphic. Can, you can change the goriness. You Not can have safe for work. You can have it to where there's no gore in your settings, or gory. can you can you make it that there's jelly that comes out instead of blood? I don't know. I'm actually I'm actually trying to see what it looks like, but I think it, I think to get the best experience, you have to turn the goriness on because it's just it's funny. Have you speaking of goriness that they added out? Have you ever seen you've seen the movie The Patriot Patriot with Mel Gibson, Heath Ledger's in there? Oh, oh, heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, have you ever heck seen yeah. the TV version where they edited it? Uh-uh. They turned... <laughs> that There's scene where, where he's hacking off, hacking up the British people after they kill his kid. Oh, um, They turned that instead of blood, like, flying on him. It's mud. <laughs> it is... It is... Like, it, it's funny, and it's not advertently funny. It's just like... I mean, I get it. You can't have that. You can't be showing kids that on TV, right? But... It's just, it's, it's brutal. It, I mean, it's a brutal scene. Is he 
Yeah, I would have done the same. I would have done the same. You just killed my my. Well, he killed two of his sons, I think. Yeah. No, just just one. Just one. The youngest is Thomas. How do you? But you need to watch the movie again. Apparently, Heath Ledger died though too. Later in the movie, spoilers. Thank you. Goodness. at this point, if you haven't seen the movie, my God, <laughs> it's been for like twenty years. <laughs> I mean, I know it's no Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four, and you can't uh, you can't remember all the lines, but <laughs> I'm gonna drive that joke into the ground. It's happening. Movie's terrible. My gosh. So, anyway, I love. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you? What do you? So what do you, I love playing Rainbow Six with friends, right? And that's like a tactical shooter. It's, you get one life per round. Like it, it's also kind of a brutal game, but not in the same way. It's not nearly as graphic. Um, and I've been trying to get you into it, and you played it once with no friends, had no idea what you were doing, and you're like, "I hate that game. I'm not playing it." Like, but you play with other people that kind of show you how to play, and it's a lot better. And you're like, "Nah, I'm just, I'm gonna pass." I'm like. <laughs> all right if that's what you want like i get it. it is slow it's slow and methodical but it's it's the the tactical part that's the most fun and uh so you jumped on with uh me and a buddy last night and it totally turned your opinion around and you haven't even got to play with anybody who's fun to play with yet uh you did uh i'll admit it you most definitely got me um hooked to it i like the most thing i like the most about it is <clears throat> the tone is completely different yes than a x or a war zone because like in a war zone depending on what patch they're in now or update you can you can die and then if your teammates are alive for the next like 20 seconds you automatically respawn Um, so dying in war zone is like a god you know dang it all right i'll be back dying in rainbow six (laughs) you're done it's over until the next round uh i think the tone is different and and again in the war zone you get you know, some individuals are getting 20, 25 kills. In Warzone. In Rainbow Six. Six. Four kills is a lot. Kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, like one bullet done. Like you're done. So like you may not even see the person. You might think you see them and then, but they can see you completely and you're just, you're toast. There's no changing it. So I, it's not a fun, it's not a game I love to play by myself. Although I do like those situations. I'm probably going to go back and play them, but, um, and that's the best way to unlock. So you need, you need to do that. But as a team game, like it's when you play with a bunch of people, you know, like it, it it gets a lot of fun. So that's, uh, Yeah. yeah, it's totally search and destroy sequel. Knee brace. Totally. And it, I've, some when people are really good at that game, it's frustrating, right? Because there are people that run into the and they just like are just like super twitchy and are really really good. But then there's other people who are slow and methodical and like you're not even expecting it. So about uh, when I stood in front of the doorway, <laughs> yeah, very first game, Mons stands in front of a wide open doorway, back to it, just boom. Plow, you know, I'm dead. Not I'm, even five I'm, seconds into the match. I'm thinking Warzone. You can take a couple bullets. Uh, you know what I mean? You can take a couple bullets and figure out where they're coming from. Nope, not Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six is super realistic. Take a bullet in the back of the head. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely slow. It's fun. It's fun to play with friends and it's fun to laugh about how bad you are. It's not it's definitely <laughs> I've gotten over the fact that I'm not good at games anymore. I used to be really good, but I'm just I'm just not. And that's okay. I just don't have the time to be good at them, but um I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect Andromeda. That game I just love the storytelling in the Mass Effect games. I'm so excited for Legendary Edition. I'm a little nervous about some aspects yeah. that I'm seeing, but that's all right. It's it's going to be really good. It's going to be fun to be with those characters again. That's the biggest thing is the character building, the world building. The lore that's attached to both of like all four of them is just it's awesome. I'll tell you what. I'll tell, <clears throat> I'll tell you what. So well, I guess it would have been last year. Yeah, last year was the first time when I was at your house and we wa- we were watching the Game Awards, was that in December? Yeah, it was my first time ever. You know, I was catching it live. Um, I usually would just catch you know, you know, clips snippets of it on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> watched about you know, heard of it, maybe fifty percent of it at your house. And I must admit, when I left your house and I and I heard that huge explosion, um, figuratively, um about Mass Effect and check Twitter and everything. I must admit that that was the great, from what I've seen, I haven't obviously seen it all, but that was the most anticipation buildup and explosion fan-wise for a video game that I've seen to date. Uh, I have not seen that much of an explosion on Twitter for a video game, even even over top of Last of Us 2. Um, God of War Ragnarok. When they mentioned just this, they what did they do? They just showed symbol or whatever. They showed a little trailer. They people, showed the Mass Effect relay. People <laughs> went nuts. People went nuts. Yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, maybe I should check this game. I have not seen hype like that. The only thing is, it's a long <laughs> game. Like to do it justice, you need to put like seventy hours into each game, up I'm to sorry. like hundred and twenty. <laughs> like for real, I'm not even joking. Like. You got to get the character world, the world building, the character relationships, like, and it's worth it. It's totally worth it. It, it's like you know one of one of the best books you've read, but you're playing it, and like one of the best movies you've seen, except more detailed because there's so much that goes into it. So, yeah, it's it's very very good. I'm just gonna go away off one of the best books I've read. It it's. You know, obviously, I'm still reading some, but the Da Vinci Code. Oh, I thought you were going to say Vampire Diaries. My God, no, the da Vinci fan Code. fiction. Dan Brown, the Da Vinci Code. For those who may it's not a good have read one. It, read it. it you, you'll you'll probably finish it in three days because you'll you'll get hooked. But anyways, it is a Mass good one. Effect, Mass Effect. That explosion. I was like, oh, like what are these people freaking out about? <laughs> and um, obviously, hearing it from you, RJ, it's a lovely game. So I'll, I'll almost definitely have to dive in. We I'm love our Garrus and our Liara. That fear of missing out, that eats at me. <laughs> so I got to get in. <laughs> um, on the PS5, a new game came out too that was free to play. It's called Destruction All-Stars. Basically like a demo derby. Seems okay. I'm not sure about it yet, but um, I kind of enjoy the gameplay a little bit. Yeah. So we'll see We'll see how that turns out. But E-Brace. What's an E-Brace? E-Brace, what are you playing? Oh, knee brace has been going heavy on Warzone. I think, I think NCAA uh, thirteen, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, he got a PS3, and uh, <laughs> it went in. I think went back and got it 
found it on like I can't remember what he said, like eBay or something, and got it. Um, obviously, because I guess that's what we could talk about. That that is huge news. Oh my goodness, I can't believe we haven't mentioned that. EA Sports is bringing it back, bringing it back. That's big news, man. That. That That's was a pretty big explosion over Twitter, too, when they announced that. And then one thing I saw about the explanation is EA got the licensing through, like, the collegiate licensing or whatever for the teams. They what One thing I heard from somebody is they plan on having players in there because they think that uh, the Supreme Court case is going to go in the favor of paying the players. So they are making the game for, like, two years from now. And then they plan on actually being able to have rosters and players in there instead of just generated faces and numbers like they used to do, right? I mean, they didn't randomly generate numbers. The numbers were the players. So, like, you were number 28 uh, for the Badgers. So They had me from Kirksville, Missouri. Mm, That's not where I'm from, but it's right, EA. Well, I I mean, (laughs) they, they can't put it where you're from because then that'd be probably too close to your likeness, so. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, Nibre says uh, NCAA 13, Rocket League, and Warzone. They're all three great games right there. And uh, Dan the Man says NCAA football is the it. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I, I have to recant my statement about the big explosion, the largest explosion I've seen, that being Mass Effect. No, it, it, I, think it, I think it is. You're right. It's NCAA football was the – that yeah. one just blew up. The anticipation. I mean, we're talking – we're talking eight years. So, uh, yeah, that is going to be exciting. And the players should get paid um, for the use of their likeness. That's 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 a no-brainer. You're not going to put me in a video game and profit off of EA. What? No. Pay the players um, for the use of their likeness. And hopefully they let alumni they, back in. They want to. They want to pay the players. It's the NCAA that's standing in the way. Right, that's correct. That's correct. That's correct. My apologies. I hope hopefully they allow some alumni and I'd love to be back in the game and just so that we can either way, you know, we're for, gonna be streaming. For ten dollars and a free copy, you can have my likeness, EA. That's what Mons is saying. They're gonna put me in and they're gonna send me uh a five dollar gift card to Starbucks. Right. <laughs> put put me in there, send me a PS five and a copy of the game, and you got it. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Which I'm sure they got connects. EA has connects to PS five. I don't know if I'd be too upset about that. <laughs> Mons Nebrace wants to know why you were bald in college. <laughs> he sent me that video yesterday, right after the, when I was the Big Ten Championship game, Michigan against Michigan State. I ran up to the, as soon as the game ended, I had that interview sitting in the chairs with the Big Ten guys. And uh, yeah, I was pretty bald. Um, just a, I, I, I used to cut my hair in college. And I think at that time, I may have cut my hair while I was probably intoxicated. I was going to say, between the drinking and practice, you had no time to go to a barber. So that's oh, why you were nicked, involved. I think I nicked it. And so once you, once you <laughs> nick it, you got, you got to just take it off. So, I don't know. Um, knee brace, thank you for sending that video. But, but um, I hate you, man, because I looked at that video and I was super skinny and toned and uh, cried myself to sleep. So. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> The good old days. Um, what else you playing, man? Uh, so we got obviously those guys in there. Oh. Dan the man, Dan playing. Dan, Dan the man. What games you been playing? Um, knee break playing Rocket League. I've been playing my Switch just because it's so easy to play something for like ten minutes and then put it Ooh. down to be with the kids. I, so I 
sent you that. What was that? Apex is coming to Nintendo Switch. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo those rights. That's that's crazy. Well, they want to put it on everything, and the Switch is the right now the best selling system like for the amount of time it's been out. So ever, it sold. That. It's only been out for like three or four years, and it's already sold eighty million units. Yes. To put it in perspective, the PS4 is the second highest selling system ever, and it's at like one fourteen. And the PS4 has been out for like 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> seven years, I think. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> seven or eight. Uh, so. Dan the Man is playing some Call of Duty and some Rocket League. Okay. I okay. love that Rocket League is still relevant. Like, that game's so much fun. I love jumping back into that game. Even if you're not, like, great at it, you still, there's things that happen that you're like, that was amazing. I can't believe I meant to do that. I totally meant to do that, though. Yeah. I like it because uh, if you if you only got about twenty minutes, thirty minutes, you can hop in and knock out a couple games, and, yeah. and, and be done with it, and then come back and do the same thing. Uh, and I'm glad Warzone. I'm glad they have that map, the smaller map now, because RJ, we used to talk about it all the time. It's when that map, the, the bigger map. It's like, man, when you hit that matchmaking button, search, you have to be committed. You're talking about forty minutes, thirty minutes a yeah. match. Now the new the new map you're talking fifteen minutes and that may be long you may be ten minutes which is how it should be what else we got out there so those games Madden of course there's not um, there's not a lot like coming out right now that I'm super excited about I mean that uh Super Mario World there's a one coming out but you know. I mean, there's a lot. I'm trying to think I mean, what I'm what I'm excited for this year. I don't know if I'm excited, super excited for a game this year right now that we know for a fact is coming. Like, I love Horizon. That was one of my favorite games. Uh, the PS4 generation was uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. It's like 25, 30 hour game. It's like a super open world <laughs> RPG. That's what I want game developers to understand. You don't have to have all this meat on the bone. Like, you know. A nice little petite cut like that's cooked perfect. That's what you need. You need to have look character development. You need to have like, you know, a, a really cool world. But then it doesn't have to be massive. Like, you True. know, make it somewhat streamlined. Like twenty to question. thirty hours is perfect. That is. That is. I got a question for you. Six hours is even better, but that's usually for a uh, single player story narrative game what's up i got a question for you without without obviously releasing any spoilers um do you think that it should be a last of us three no leave it leave it where it is but i have a feeling they're going to revisit the world i don't know if they'll i don't know if they'll have the same characters in it or not but um i think last of us part two the first Last of Us did have a story you could continue. I don't know how you necessarily continue. You could do um, Lev and his friend. Like You could go from that perspective, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't I really want there to be. I want there to be either. But I didn't want Last of Us Part 2, and it was amazing, so... All right, yeah, that's a good conversation. Because, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to elaborate without spoiling. 
and things, but because uh, I'm trying to think, there hasn't really been other than you know EA mentioning the uh, NCAA, obviously Mass Effect. Um, and, you know, we're still early in the year, so there really hasn't been a large. Like if God of War, if God of War comes out this year, that's my number one easily, easily. That's going to eat up a lot. I'm going, once I finish Mass Effect, I was going to start either Resident Evil 3 or Resident Evil 7, but I think I'm going to play God of War again. I think I'm going to play God of War again. I am not a fan of the Resident Evils. Dude, Resident Evil 2 remake, you got, that game was so good. Like that, that atmosphere, the tension, the. That game was amazing. So people love it. So I know I'm missing out. Obviously, if they keep they keep making more, it's they got the right fan base. Yeah, man. The video game world is we're we're diving deeper and deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole. I mean, I I, I grab the desktop, <laughs> see what I'm missing out on in the PC world. The thing I like about PC games, man, and again, again, I'm not for those tuning in. I'm not a PC guru. This is this is my first time actually really diving in and playing a PC game, but I can see now what people talk about when they talk about how a PC open world game is compared to a you know a console a console open world game. There is a lot of freedom um in the PC realm of things. I think there's just there's there's great nuggets on both sides. I guess I just hopped over for for the time being, just to kind of check out what I'm missing out, and and I can see what they're talking about—the freedom that you have in the PC realm, video game based, you know, video game. Uh, it's 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 huge. It's 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 huge uh, and pretty cool stuff. The, the the community is awesome too. One thing that I noticed immediately, and my my good friend back home, I mentioned it to him, and I'll shut up and stop talking. I said. After I played the video game, I think I've put in now about 14, 15, 16 hours, maybe more actually. And I I messaged him and I said, hey, man, the one thing I've noticed about, at least in this community, that being with Mordow, is there's no toxicity. Obviously, you get a few here and there, but way different compared to chat rooms on on consoles or even the chat chat box on uh, Rocket. You know? (laughs) Yeah. In Mordow, it's even if you're getting destroyed in a 1v1 duel, that guy will type, you know, GF, good fight. Or even if, you, you know, it's out of five rounds, if he beats you five times, five to zero, good fight. You know, good job. Or et cetera. But Rocket League or these other consoles, and again, you still have a few, but it, it's, you get a lot of toxicity. <laughs> In, <laughs> part of it too is that's probably a little bit smaller community so smaller community breeds that when you get such a large community that doesn't that door is open brings everybody, everybody to run through <laughs> and then you got gatekeepers who are in there and they try to slam that door in people's faces saying nope nope you can't come you can't come so yeah for sure I totally get that but I, th- I think we could talk video games for quite a while we'll, we'll talk about some more next week because I plan on I don't know if I'll beat it, but I plan on starting trying to start another game to kind of like parallel with uh, Mass Effect because I'm starting to find that I need a little bit of a chaser after like with that game sometimes like yeah. it's sometimes there's a little bit too much meat. That's what I meant by the too much meat on the bone. Like if they would 
they'd have focused it, made the maps a little bit smaller and tighter. I think it made the game a lot better. But sometimes they just made it big to make it big. They didn't put anything in there, but it's like a sand dune planet. Like, cool. Buy Mordhau. Buy Mordhau on your laptop through Steam. It's 30 bucks. $30. And then you can hop into my community. Uh, we'll talk on, offline. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of communities, jump into our Discord. It's an app you can get on your phone or computer. Like, that's trying to grow that community. Talk right to us, kind of like Twitch chat, but we're, we can always answer it. And then, um, you know, look us up on YouTube, watching us on Twitch, any podcast service. Uh, we have a sports show as well. Uh, you know, we're here every Sunday at 9 a.m. Try to be on. Um, sports show records Friday, Thursday nights at 9. Uh, what do you, 9 p.m. Central Time. Where can they find you, Mons? You guys can find me at Twitter, <clears throat> MonteBall28, Instagram, MonteBall. Obviously, our untapped pages. Shoot us a message, DM us topics, questions, what have you. Join our communities. Let's have a conversation. Open up the floor for anything you guys want to chat about. And uh, that subscribe button, please, and leave us a review. Where can they find you, RJ? Yeah, you can find me at its Trickster, ITZ. The I is a one and trick. The, yeah, the I and Trickster is a one. And then uh, untap keg anywhere, untapkeg.com, untapkeg at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to us, um, you know, we're, we do have Reddit, but like Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, yeah. like I said, that Discord channel, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to trying to build a community, no judgment, just growing and having some fun and being better people. So. Have a good week, everybody, and let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today. Because at least if we failed, we tried. Oh, before we go, uh, we'll shout out Knee Brace, uh, Dan the Man, appreciate you guys in chat. Joint effort, appreciate you. FTO Payer, uh, Commander Root, Casino Thanks, A10, and another TV viewer. We appreciate you guys for uh, checking us out and, you know. See you guys next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.